0: Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me as always is my co-host who has the ambition the world needs more of Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry?
1: I'm doing great, Andy. Uh, and thank you for saying I've got like that kind of ambition. Uh doing this movie, I realized that there is something that I actually am lacking, What's that? which is knowledge of this sport. <laughs> that that is played. I believe it is called foote ball. Fu- 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 um foote ball. Oh, Larry, Larry, Larry. <laughs> I, I I didn't really understand it. It seemed like something I should have knowledge of going into the movie. Um, but but uh, it seemed complicated. Honest. Are you
0: the kind of guy that goes to a Super Bowl party and like watches the commercials? Super Bowl. <laughs> I love it.
1: Okay, Larry, what movie are we doing today? (laughs) We are doing Remember the Titans from Mm -hmm. the year 2000. Uh, And this really is uh, a very different movie than anything that we've ever covered before for this podcast, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I love sports movies. I'm a big sports movie kind of person. And so this and honestly I think I started watching sports movies because of this one. Uh when I saw it in 2000. Um uh, I really really enjoyed it. So
1: and and I kept thinking these guys don't know how to play the game. None of them seem to be looking for the golden snitch. You you find that and you win. Why are you wasting time doing touchdowns? Yeah, Just find the golden snitch.
0: <laughs> oh, there's We'll go over that later. Maybe I can take you on a football tutorial after this. Good luck with that. (laughs) Okay, some key facts to get this ball rolling. Um, In 1971, the Supreme Court ruled on Swan versus Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education, and it created a pathway to use busing as a means of desegregation. So in Alexandria, Virginia at the time... Uh, The school system was already desegregated because of Brown versus the Board of Education, a decision that happens in the 50s. But because of inequities in the diversity of neighborhood populations, the school system was still racially imbalanced. So there are two existing high schools in Alexandria. They became junior high schools. And then T.C. Williams became the school for all area juniors and seniors. Now, there's a real incident that happens where a 19-year-old named Robin Gibson was shot and killed in the 7-Eleven for allegedly stealing razor blades. So there is this racial tension pre-football camp in this town at absolutely an all-time high. So the success of the football team of the Titans, because of their leadership, has this ripple effect throughout the town. That is true. That really did happen. Um, and it's tough, you know. I know we've been joking about football and, and how how unimportant it is to Larry's life, but it's really tough to <laughs> overstate just how much high school football means in towns across the South, particularly small towns. So, as goes the football team, so goes the town. Um, Bob Luckett, who was a senior offensive lineman for the Titans, he recalled in an interview at the beginning of the season, there were stands filled with people. They were first sitting kind of according to race, but by the end of the season, they were mixing it up and having what he thought were true feelings of togetherness. But the pressure on the Titans to keep winning was absolutely intense. There's a player named Rufus Littlejohn, and he played for the team and he sat for over three hours with the filmmakers for interviews. And he said, and I'm going to quote him, Winning makes everything acceptable. If the team had been a losing team, there would have been all sorts of increased turmoil.
1: That, so the, that is absolutely true. So that, the pressure that, these guys
0: felt, I, I'm not sure even the movie gets the pressure that they felt to get it right. Uh, but but they certainly did feel that pressure.
1: I mean, they had more to lose than any other team had. So, so yeah, that, it, that tracks for me internally.
0: Right, right. So the majority of the Titan players in this movie are based on real people. Um, There are some notable exceptions. Uh, Ryan Gosling's character, Alan Bosley, was not a real person. And the scene where Alan gives his spot to Petey was added to emphasize the selflessness of the team. Uh, Ray Buds, who's kind of the villain in this movie, um, one of the villains in this movie, uh, was also a fictionalized character. He was created so... Ray, as sort of a bigot, could be kicked off the team by Jerry Bertier. Um, members of the 71 Titans have stated, actual teammates, that if, if Ray had been real, he would have never made it through training camp. He would have been booted right away.
1: Yeah, that's that is very much a, um, a movie villain sort of thing, that you can keep up that kind of charade for long periods of time without the rest of the team noticing. Uh, that that did, that did strike me as a little false.
0: Right. Um, the character of Emma Hoyt, who is uh, Gary's girlfriend, was also fictitious.
1: Oh. oh. okay. I guess you have to get female characters in there somewhere. I had hoped that that was real. No, it
0: um, was not real.
1: Um, bummer.
0: So, in an interview with ESPN... The real coach, Herman Boone, who is a very colorful character, uh, stated that he indeed integrated the buses before leaving for football camp at Gettysburg College. That's a great scene. It is a great scene. And uh, for dramatic effect, the games and Remember the Titans are really, really close, right? The scores are really close. But in reality, this team absolutely blew every other team out of the water. They were undefeated. They outscored their opposition 265 to 31. And they, wow. were, and they were ranked second nationally, but that doesn't make for good, a good movie. No,
1: it has to be close in a movie, right? That's one of the things that you have to change is you uh, like, like if they're up at the half and they're up throughout the whole game, how do you get any tension out of it? No, I'm with you. That, yeah. that is a change you have to make to make a good movie.
0: Yeah. So writer Gregory Allen Howard wrote the script for Remember the Titans on spec. Uh, He had learned of how the town of Alexandria, Virginia had surprisingly good race relations. Uh, He went to the town. He learned of the football team. He met with Coach Boone and Coach Yost during the writing process. Uh, Howard's other projects included writing for 21 Jump Street, writing for True Colors. He did the film Ali. He's uncredited on Glory Road and uh, his other film Power to the People. Uh, And Mr. Howard passed away on January 27th. 2023 just 2 days prior to this taping
1: as you were watching as, as i, I recall, was
0: watching this film yes
1: there there is something about the way in which we pick movies that that just some like like i feel like we had a hand in what happened to angela lansbury when we were doing beauty and the beast you know maybe uh, maybe maybe there's something in like our collective unconscious that lets us know this is the time to cover that.
0: Movie. Yeah, I don't yeah. know.
1: It's 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 it it's happens a, very, a lot to us. Yeah, it
0: does. It's a very spiritual thing. Um, and and lots of other things. Not just not just people passing away, but also, um yes.
1: recognition. You know, just, awards. Yeah, or
0: something will happen, or we'll learn something about their life, or this is the movie for this time because
1: of something we release that's a happening podcast in the it, world with Mickey Mouse in it, and it happens to be Mickey Mouse's birthday. It's <laughs> The stars align them. sometimes. Yeah, it
0: does for sure, for sure. Um, and we do not plan that at all. No, that's what's no, so crazy about it. Um, so there are a lot of people who cast a lot of shadows about the historical inaccuracies about this film. And trust me, listeners, if you want to go down rabbit holes on the internet, I can assure you that these exist and that they are juicy, but that's not what we do here on this podcast. No. Um, however. As a bit of good if you do want to know more about the 71 titans from their perspective and also their scholarship fund which uh, awards renewable four-year college scholarships to deserving seniors you can go to seven one original and find out more i think their foundation's pretty
1: great neat yep neat uh so let's go into the movie um and i want to say you know, very often when I'm when I'm teaching screenwriters the craft of screenwriting, uh, they have an inherent resistance to, to traditional structure. They don't want to do a movie the way that most people do a movie, which is the way that we usually dissect them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we start off with exposition, inciting incident, uh, rising action, falling action, uh, climax, and then a falling action, and I I always say to them you can do a movie with a different structure but the question really is should you do you have a story that requires a different structure and when we're taking a look at this movie this is a movie that requires a different structure yeah, it wasn't sure. it wasn't that it was written and the person didn't know the rules Mm-hmm. it was that the conventional rules for telling a story would not have worked for this story i'm going to i'm going to try to bring us along through traditional structure cuz that's the lens through which we analyze it but when we talk about things not not matching traditional structure uh, that's not a flaw in this movie it's a deliberate choice
0: right i mean i you, you have to know the rules in order to break them and it's clear that uh, Mr. Howard knew the rules when he wrote this, and he is breaking them deliberately
1: you 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 break rules when you need them to mm-hmm. be broken for your story. you don't break you don't break rules because you have no respect for rules, I think right I think uh, that right. is usually I think that's it's right. usually my advice for it other you don't need to reinvent otherwise. Uh, but I do want to start with the monish Tanah here. and I want to throw out uh, of all parts of the movie, the part that that made me go, The most was the Manish Tana, and it it set it set something up in my head. I didn't know what movie I was watching, Mm -hmm. and we start uh, in the early 1970s. We see that this is a town that that is a powder keg waiting to explode uh, because of the recent uh, desegregation ruling. Mm -hmm. That there is a lot of tension already already in this town. We see people watching, um, you know, the African-American community move into neighborhoods, um, you know, like through, through the windows. Uh, we, we see that there are fights breaking out, that there are protests happening. And all of that is setting the stage for the time period that we're in. I don't have questions about that. But my question is, this movie starts us off with narration. Mm -hmm. And specifically, (laughs) it starts us off with narration uh, from Cheryl Yost, who is Coach Yost's younger daughter who is obsessed with football. And if anything threw me in this, Andy, it was that choice. I went into this movie pretty much blind uh i mean more blind than any human being could be considering i know so little about football or football (laughs) history right so when when the decision is made to make her the narrator my first thought was is she the main character of this movie Mm -hmm. why are we watching this opening of this movie through her eyes I thought that this might be a movie where we flashed forward 20, 30 years and now she's the first female coach. I mean, like, like there's right. like it really set her up to be an important point of view character for me. Mm-hmm. Uh and ultimately she wasn't. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering, Indy, if if you think I was just maybe, I shouldn't have thought that. Maybe I'm just maybe I just made a leap on it, or if you feel like I was misled. Uh, why Why do we start with her? Well, I have a couple of thoughts on this. So Cheryl Yost had actually
0: passed away four years prior to the release of this film. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that is something that they are honoring her um, in some way. Coach Yost also had four daughters. He didn't just have one, uh, which is another kind of oddity and a head scratcher about this. And they did all live with their mother another kind of head scratcher. But again, when you're adapting a film, sometimes you take some dramatic license.
1: I never care about the actual history. I care yeah. about the real movie. I, uh, I, I I agree with you. I, I agree. Um, all of that
0: said uh, narration. We, we talked about the pitfalls of narration when we talked about Tuck Everlasting. Yes. I, and that's kind of understated. <laughs> um, I, And again, just as in Tuck Everlasting, I don't think we need it here. No, I I think there are better, more dramatic ways to demonstrate how the Supreme Court decision is forcing very reluctant, angry white people to act in ways they wish they didn't have to. And I think we get it from I think we get it from the action. Um, I I think because this is a movie for kids, it's. It, it, Sometimes is it, movies, yeah, Exactly. Well, I, I think the movie's like a great primer for young people, especially young boys who like football to get an understanding of the civil civil rights movement. I don't think it's for six year olds, but no. I think it's for, but for tweens. Yeah, I think this works. Um, the movie's jarring. It's supposed to be. Uh, but, and I think it's smart to show everyone united together in the prologue because it, what it says to us is we're going to, learn what
1: it took to get to this moment yes and that doesn't and that doesn't bother me at all I really did feel like when we were about to see what happens if a nine-year-old girl becomes the coach of a high school football team and that might be the great premise of a much lighter uh more typical Disney movie but -hmm. it's not this movie and so this is the wrong this is just the wrong starting part for me. And I know they bookended at the end. The narration comes back and I'm like, oh, are we doing this again? I was like surprised because she, she is not the narrator from Tuck Everlasting. No. She's not talking throughout this entire movie. But by the time her narration comes back in, it was jarring again because I was like, oh, right. She's the one telling us this story. I forgot that. Right. Uh, the movie doesn't need this at all. Nope. It's all on the screen. The story is all on the screen. We don't, we don't need her for this. I, we still, I still enjoy the character. Yes, that that is still true. But as our as our perspective, as our audience surrogate, we don't need her
0: as the narrator. Correct. Yes. Yes. Agree.
1: Completely agree. Uh, so we move into structure here, and this is a place where I could not tell you where. Um, the exposition slash inciting incident definitively is. I can pick one, and I think the one that I'm picking is correct. But we're not starting in a... Most movies start... They would have started earlier. I'm glad this movie doesn't. This movie would have started all white community, blah 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 blah. They're getting ready for the team. The team is the team is all Caucasian, uh, and then suddenly we watch them as they hear about this decision, and and the t- right. and the school begins to be integrated. We skip all of that, and I'm glad we skip all yeah. of that. It's a slow start to it would be a slow start to a movie that this movie doesn't need. Right. But this movie starts with so it doesn't start in the. Pre-disrupted world, there's a disruption going on. And there's a series of disruptions that happen, each of which could feel like the inciting incident. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put my finger on there's a false fighting uh inciting incident, and then there's the real one. The false one to me uh is Coach Yost ends up getting uh, an African American assistant coach called Coach Boone, who he doesn't really want. It felt like when that happened in the movie, because again, I come in knowing none of the history, mm-hmm. that that was going to be the movie. What do you What do you do in this term of integration when, like, like you you've been saddled with an assistant coach you don't really want? Mm-hmm. But then politics goes further, and Coach uh, Boone. Ends up becoming the head coach, and Coach Yost ends up losing that gig, mm-hmm. uh, which is an immediate reversal that I didn't see coming. And which is for really me, good. I mean, like, it's a great, even if you don't know the story, like, it's a great reversal. It is a great reversal because anytime I think I see where the movie is going mm-hmm. and you subvert my expectations, that's an engagement strategy. That's i don't want to yeah. i don't want to be ahead of the movie mm-hmm. i want to be exactly where my characters are mm-hmm. uh and when that happens for for me that is the that is the real shake-up leading mm-hmm. to our first real decision point and it really it really depends on because this movie has no single protagonist and we're gonna we're gonna come back to this again and again uh depending on which character you in the audience are following is the, inc- the inciting incident is going to be attached to that character. Right. Um, because I started with his daughter, mm-hmm. the inciting, uh, because of the narration for me, the inciting incident is coach Yost loses his job, but is offered the opportunity to come back as an assistant to the man who replaced him. And right. when he says yes to that, it propels the movie forward. But there are so many different interpretations of this. I'm wondering, Andy, did you have the same one? Or did you, did you see something else as the inciting incident?
0: I did actually have the same one. Um, this is definitely an atypical structure. It's a three-act, right? But it tells multiple stories with multiple protagonists and multiple side stories. And I think the reason why is so that people watching can connect with a character that feels like where they are in the moment. And I think it's freaking genius uh, for that
1: reason. There's such a great balancing act happening with both coaches where right. they're both conflicted because when coach Yost loses his job, I'm upset for him. Right. This the, He is not like a coach who didn't deserve his slot. They make that very clear. He right. is a great coach and he has lost his job due to politics right. and i would understand if he's just i'm taking the year off and i'm leaving and i'm gonna get a head coach job someplace else right um goodbye i'm taking i'm taking my football and going home oh. sports sports <laughs> saying that i think has to do with football good, um good good enough <laughs> yes what a jock i am <laughs> Uh but at the same time, like I'm watching Coach Boone, and when he gets the initially gets the job as assistant coach, I'm like, oh. They don't realize what a humiliating thing this is for him to have to be the assistant coach. Yeah, and oh, then of when a he team gets, that he's already been the head coach of, that scene is done in a way to humiliate him. And he like he's like, I'm not going to be humiliated here. But there's an intimidation going on that makes you root for him gotcha. when he's offered Coach Yost's slot. He grapples with it because he says, I don't have a problem taking the job of that other coach who is a terrible coach, never won a game, who got a job over me. But right. this coach is a good coach who deserves his job. I don't want to get this job in this way. Right. Um, and it gets you rooting for both of these men who are in conflict right from the start. That's so good it is good. it's so complicated you want both because because i'm a guy who watches a movie and i want everybody to be happy i'm always looking for a win-win and this movie but sets it, up that there, there isn't one initially
0: yeah it definitely generates a lot of pathos for both characters and i think it's a deliberate
1: smart move for sure so moving on in terms of structure when we have the rising action leading to the climax it, it is a bumpy road, and when I say bumpy, I don't mean bumpy in the sense of uh, clumsy, because it's not clumsy, mm-hmm. but it's a bunch of sequences with a bunch of mini climaxes uh, happening. So normally, normally when we take a look at the rising action, if we're looking at the plot line, we look at it and it is a straight Incline upwards towards the climax. This one, this one is a, a bunch of speed bumps. Uh, we go up. We have a problem. We resolve the problem. We go to the next problem. And sometimes some of those problems are happening happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like because it's it's being interwoven. It is really hard for me to dissect the plot, except to look at sequences. Yeah. There is a sequence where all of the boys go to camp. The sequence of them getting on the buses, where they each get on separate buses uh, based on on uh, race, and then Coach Boone says, that's not happening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to split this up defense and offense, and I'm going to make sure each of these boys um, is going to room with someone from from the other background so that like we really build up a sense of, of teamwork. Community, uh, right, right. In community, we see how opposed both sets of young men are uh, to to this idea of integration. Neither is comfortable of it. There's only one player on the team, the new kid at school. Uh, I think it's Louis. Is it Louis? Louis? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like who's just moved there? Who who just like immediately sits down with with the African American players and is like, hey, like like there's no thought in his mind it's like he just does not see i but immediate, it immediately makes you love him oh yeah right he's great like they're like they're like why are you sitting with us and he's like well, you guys are on the team right <laughs> like, well and the, best, the best part about Louis's character and we
0: can talk about this in a minute like immediately like you learn about him that he loves everyone but himself yes and he leaves in everyone but oh, himself yeah 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 so and so great so great I, I, I'm with you. I think after like during these little sequences of like, will they win? Won't they win? They're like, they're peppered with dramatic questions throughout. After the midpoint, I feel like we're getting sequences of that can happen in an adaptation sometimes of, and then this happened, and then this happened. And we know they're going to win and come together, which is the danger, I think, of the prologue. Yes, it, it, it makes sense because it's a family me- movie. And so we know the end in the beginning because there's all this craziness, right? But it's tough because it makes it so we know how it's going to end. It's a, it's a tough call uh, b- because the structure of the movie is toward that championship win and not a focus on one man's journey. And again, I guess it's a team effort. But when I compare it to a movie like, say, Hoosiers, Uh, where Gene Hackman's character is the point of view, we see everything through. Uh, Remember the Titans, I think, loses a little bit of something.
1: But I will say, maybe that's part of why they chose... I I still don't think it's the right choice, but maybe that's why they chose Cheryl's as the voice of narration. Mm -hmm. To make the stakes not about whether or not the team is going to win the championship, but to make the stakes about what's going to happen to these two coaches. Because that's the thing that... That right. those of us who know nothing about football history don't know, right? What's going to happen to them specifically? Yeah. Uh, so, so, and and early on, before we meet the team, we're really invested in the coaches' outlooks on things. So, even though we know this team is going to be the winner, that Disney is not going to show us a, a team that that ends up losing at the end of the series, and like, right? You know, um, even even though we know that we, there are still stakes. But just the stakes are not about the football. It's not right. about the game. It's a it's about people.
0: I just think I almost think it would be a better movie without the prologue.
1: I think so too.
0: I think so too. I think dropping us right in the middle of that conflict and just but it is jarring to go from that prologue to the conflict. So that is uh that we have peace and and sadness to just rage. Just and, and, and I will say something about, I do want to say something about that rage. Um, what I like about this movie from the very beginning is that it sets up the notion that white people have power and privilege, that white people do not see themselves as equal to black people. And also it ends the tension uh, with repentance and humility and that that repentance and humility is the responsibility of white people.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that a lot about this movie. I, I think this movie does all of those things, but I think it avoids the pitfall of taking the African-American cast and making them flawless. All yes. of them are flawed, too. Yes. Uh, even, even Coach Boone, you yes. know, played by Denzel Washington, that there is that sequence when they're at camp training and he is making them exercise and one of them wants a water break and he says, no water break. Uh, and then like you watch as they all start vomiting as they're as they're doing training. And oh, Coach yeah. Yost goes, Coach Yost goes, like, hey, this isn't the Marines. Like there's right? a fine line between crazy and <laughs> like that's, that's what he says. You're, you're crossing it, right? And 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 honestly, like both of these men have things to learn from each other. Yes. Right? It's just it's just different things. Um I, I, I think the movie does a good, while, while you're right, like, the history of prejudice definitely leans towards, like, the Caucasian community has a lot to learn. Right. There is no character in this movie who doesn't have a lot to learn. Yeah, it's, and it's I,
0: balanced I, in that way. And I, yes. I think it's it's good. But what I, you know, so many times we watch these movies and and the African American people are tasks with being like the savior of the film and and this one isn't isn't that right and that I'm they grateful. must be
1: patient and they must mentor yes. and right. and that is no no one here mm-hmm. thinks that's their job
0: Mm-mm.
1: it's great. like catch up catch yep. up to where we are yep. or we'll run right past you that's right which might also be a football thing um look <laughs> ah, at me look, look at, at me <laughs> i really You're scored right a thing. home run on that one <laughs> Back to back it. to structure. <laughs> okay, back to back. <laughs> we'll work to on that. We'll
0: work on that tutorial. It's okay. <laughs> uh,
1: again, again, many have tried, all have failed. Um. So, con- continuing along in terms of structure, we have all of these sequences, and we watch the theme of coming together as a team manifest in different ways. It manifests in the sense that even while they're at camp. There is a new teammate who is added. The sheriff's son, Sunshine, mm-hmm. uh, is brought in as sort of the relief quarterback. But he's from California, uh, where where the civil rights movement is in a more progressive place uh, at that particular moment. There's also some questions about his sexuality um, that, that get asked by this movie and never really fully answered I think Uh, there's the scene where he, you know, he kisses the other member of the team and starts a fight, but he does it. He does it but because he's been he's been being made fun of. And that's that's it's it's interesting. I don't know that we ever get a full answer here. And I don't know if it's, you know, based on the history, but it's another question of us versus them. Ultimately, he's on the team and whatever questions they have about him, they get past it.
0: And accepted right?
1: and encouraged to grow as well, which is, yeah. yeah. There's the difference between offense and defense, which mm-hmm. I didn't know there were, like, within the team, like, that there are sub-communities of, like, yeah. I'm with the offense and you're with the defense, and that that's sort of, like, a class struggle? Yeah, um, what, what do you find out about special teams, Larry?
0: Aren't all teams special? <laughs> but I don't... Cool. It's cool. I really. I, I'm not even pretending. Well, I, mean, I, I wouldn't I, say. I wouldn't say that there's a class struggle. I would say that. But us versus them. Us versus. Well, yeah. At one point, practice, it's like, hey,
1: this table is this table is for defense. This table is for offense. Like that. That's how. Yeah. It so when you're it.
0: practicing with a group of people, right, and you are a football team, you have your offense, and they're playing their defense. You're actually playing each other to get better, um, and yeah,
1: so. They yeah. all come back. Um, they all come back from training, not fully integrated, but having made great progress in seeing themselves as a team. But when they get back to school, when they get back to their families, they realize that like everybody else is stuck where they were before they got on that bus. Not when mm-hmm. they got not when they got off it. Uh, so that's, that's another bit there. And of course, there's the team versus team rivalries uh, mm-hmm. where they're playing against all these other schools. There's outside pressure. There is a plot to try. As soon as uh, the Titans lose a game, Coach Boone is going to be fired and Coach Yost is going to have his spot. That, that's a plot. But the Titans keep winning till the point where the school board is like, let's cheat to make sure that Boone loses um and and that you know really is the place where yost steps up and says no that's not how this is gonna happen i see what's happening if you do this if you do this you think you're doing this for me i will take you all down yeah because again right because he's on the team yep that's that's what that like it's a it really i i love that moment also yeah we know that yost is all in right we also see between their daughters the two coaches daughters like the idea of they are very different young ladies um and it's not it's not just it's it's not really even a race issue. It's fundamentally they have different personalities and different priorities. One likes to play with dolls and one likes to look pretty and 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 have her nails done and the other one only cares about football. Um that that's just who she is and and doesn't and doesn't want to do any of those things. Right. But we watch them become friends because ultimately they're rooting for the same thing. Uh maybe one's doing it cuz cuz she wants her father to be um Successful. Maybe the other one does it because she just loves football so much and and the team so much. Um, what I, and and it's really hard for me to like even try to untangle the individual threads that we're seeing through this movie. I feel like I'm just going to be going backwards and forwards over and over again. Maybe we can tackle some of those individual threads when we get to character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say the climax of this movie is?
0: Well. Backing up, I think, well, okay. So in most sports movies, we win the football game, right? Right. That's the climax. And I wish it was as easy to fix racial inequality and racist attitudes as it is in this sports movie. But I think this movie sort of fosters a dream that such a world could happen and that people could really change if they put their minds to it. Um, There are a couple of threads... Again, you have to. I think when the coaches uh, clasp hands and 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 declare themselves united, I think that feels like a climax. It's definitely an emotional one, right? I think when Bertier is in his hospital bed, listening to the radio, and you know punches his his fists into the air, that feels like a climax to me in a way. I mean, I think they all sort of get wrapped by that win um, and and get what they need out of it. So, yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's uh, tough, it's tough because we've had multiple climaxes in this movie all along.
1: I think we're supposed to to see the final football game as the climax, uh-huh. but but really, the climax. Is supposed to be the whole town finally being united in supporting the team, right? Um, and and uh, I, it's an understated performance, um, but uh, so there's the there's the quarterback who becomes paralyzed from the waist down. He gets hit by a car. Uh, it has nothing to do with playing football. Uh, he gets he gets hit by a car. He's paralyzed from the waist down, and the whole team comes uh, to support him. Right, uh, they're very upset. That that feels so important to me. Um, and and then the only person he wants to come in it was Julius. Right, Julius right. is the right. only member of the team he wants to come in. He doesn't want anybody else to see him. More importantly to me, he and his mother had been conflicted. They had been right. having fights because his mother was not on board with the integration. But his mother is the one who comes out and says he's refusing everybody but you. Right. And that made me cry. When she goes to the football game and everyone sees her, I'm, I'm tearing up right now. I know. Um, I really am. When she comes and everybody <coughs> cheers for her because, mm-hmm. because they know that she's suffering, They they – like – it really isn't, like, the climax for me really isn't any single moment. If they lost the game at the end, I don't know that I'd care. Because they've won so much more right. by, by learning how to love each other. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I mean, I, I, I almost feel like the scene in the hospital where Julius comes in to see Jerry is the moment because jerry it, it's a gary. pollyanna moment it's gary, gary sorry, yeah, sorry it's okay it's a pollyanna moment because like has his hopes been extinguished and they haven't been he talks about hey i'm gonna be able to i'm gonna be able to play you know in a different league i'm gonna be able to play with other people who are in wheelchairs um he, his spirit isn't broken And it's not broken because of the bonds he's formed with his team. Whether he's on that field or not, uh, I mean, so powerful. There's just so much powerful. powerful, but I have trouble identifying the climax, climax. I think the movie wants us to be invested in the results of the game. Mm -hmm. And as in real life, I could not care about that.
0: No, I mean, because what you care about and what I care about ultimately in this movie is the redemptive love that happens, right? Yeah, um, and we see these people making changes and truly wrestling with the hatred in their lives, and and overcoming
1: it. And I think that's that's, that's a heck of a lot better than the football game. Uh, agreed. And then we get some falling action, and the falling action really is like twenty years later. Gary has passed. He was hit by a second drunk driver. Um, and got into a second car accident. And like that's the sort of thing if you're if you're doing a movie, you can't do, you can't have a guy keep getting hit by cars. But if you're doing a real life adaptation, you can because Because that's what actually happened. Right. Right. It it would feel false in a work of fiction, but in a in a work of real life adaptation, it happened. So what Mm -hmm. are you gonna do?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and they've all come together uh still. Still united as a team, still bonded as a team uh, to see him off, mm-hmm. and then we get a bunch of clips telling us, you know, what happened to each player, uh, what their lives were like afterwards. All these people that we've been following, mm-hmm. um, and and then the movie, and then the movie, you know, ends. Uh, we end with narration once again from from um, Cheryl. But mm-hmm. but it's brief. I was just in, mildly annoyed by it. I'm like, I'm like, I don't need you right now. <laughs> I'm feeling something. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I, I
0: honestly think that the narration takes away from this movie. I think you I don't think it needs it, create,
1: it. It creates something we call aesthetic distance. It takes yeah. you out of the yeah. movie. To, it reminds you. It reminds you you're watching something, and you really just want to be in it. You just want to be in that moment.
0: And that, and I would argue that the aesthetic distance, like, is a problem in this movie because if you see yourself in in one of these flawed people, like, I want you to be uncomfortable. Sure. Like, I, I. I I want people to go, gosh, that's me. I don't want to be this person or or, this is how I feel because this is what my life is like. You know, I, I, I don't want that distance. The
1: worst thing that could happen when somebody leaves this movie is for them to say, wow, what a movie. This could never happen in real life. Exactly. Exactly. We and don't how- want that here. Yeah, I mean and narration I, it, makes us feel like maybe this is just a story, maybe it's not true.
0: Right. Right. Well, let's talk about characters, Larry. Um, but you know, the beauty I think of these characters is sort of the diversity within the diversity, because all of them want things. I mean, primarily they want to win football games, but they want respect, they want fun, they want acceptance, they want their jobs. Uh
1: plus some of I them think don't Dare want the things that they want. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of like Louis, who right. doesn't think he can ever go to college,
0: uh, or Sunshine, who thinks he can't really be the quarterback that he needs to be. Right. Um, plus, it's super fun to see all of these actors that we know so well: Ryan Gosling, Hayden Panettiere, Donald Faison, Wood Harris, and early supporting roles. Yeah, that's super fun. I mean,
1: and they go on to do such great things, and you can see why they—they they really. Are are giving their a game here, which another sports reference giving <laughs> a games, right?
0: Like I said we need to get you on ESPN. We really oh, do. I would be,
1: I would be great. the 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 one sports commentator who has no idea what's going on. I'm like, wh- why? Why are they just kicking the ball? That the, don't they have to run it in? What is oh what is God. what is that?
0: <laughs> why did they switch? T- why are the? Why is that guy not on the field anymore?
1: Is this a okay. mini game? <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, let's talk about Coach Herman Boone and Denzel Washington's character. Um, who was the first black football coach in Northern Virginia and really one of the first in the South?
1: He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so i I think what we're supposed to see with him if we're talking about his flaw. Mm-hmm. is i mean we this is someone who walked with with Dr. King uh this is someone this is someone who was heavy in the protests um you know who served in the in the military we we also learn mm-hmm. um so we've learned he's he's someone who's had it really hard mm-hmm. um and i feel like what we're seeing here is um he he is he knows that there are battles ahead of them that are not related to football. It's not mm. it's not just about winning the football games. He's he's trying to prepare uh these these teens for for the battles yet to come. But I think what he doesn't realize is if he's too hard on them they're going to wash out and not fight ever. Like right. like uh, we don't we don't see this happen, but I know in some wild comedy where my name was put on in the goblet of fire and I must be on the football team, which is the only way it would happen. I would not have made it through training, and it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with whether or not I could get along with with the other athletes. It entirely has to do with. I'm someone you can push too hard and then make me quit. And and the first time that I end up throwing up because of dehydration, I am donezo. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. That is my body telling me to quit. So I quit. That's that's how I work. Um and and we see Coach Yost like calls him out on this. You're being sure. too hard on them. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think I think. You know, with, 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 with the, he's got a soft side. He, at, when he, when well, he starts yeah. tutoring Louis on the sly, he's like, mm-hmm. no one, no one else needs to know, but you're going to come to me every week with your test. Like, it's not, it's not that he's, he's a hard person, but mm-hmm. I worry that his flaw is he, he pushes too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so, sometimes swords are forged and sometimes swords break.
0: That's right. Uh, You know, we see him vomit at one point before a game uh, because of the stakes, right? Um, He doesn't seem to have a big arc to me. He kind of starts at an 11 in his craziness. And um, he sounds like every other football coach I heard growing up in the, you know, 70s and 80s. I
1: I mean, you know, all I know is who is who is running the drama club and we were doing trust falls and and telling each other secrets and 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 like handing out fr- friendship bracelets. So right, so for right. me this is a very alien technique at creating a community. But I think you're right. I think he he doesn't he doesn't learn as much. He doesn't arc as much um but he develops relationships right. which which uh, may
0: be his arc because he's which, kind of a lone wolf, and then he goes and starts developing more friendship. And
1: I, I think we're supposed to see like it's it's not it's not really that he has to change who he is, but he has mm-hmm. to accept other people's friendship when it's genuine, and he has a hard yeah. time coming to see Yost as a friend. He never right. changes, but he he changes how he feels about people.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's and talk th- about th- 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 Yes, that's good. That's good. Let's talk about Coach uh, Bill Yost, uh, played by Will Patton. Um, I think think this guy develops a backbone, which is interesting. You don't
1: think he had one before? Let's let's talk about that.
0: I mean, I do. I think um, he's not as maybe as disciplined as Boone is. Definitely Um,
1: not.
0: But I think his he he listens to a lot of really awful and i'm really glad the movie did not pull punches on this um he listens to a lot of really racist attitudes he tolerates them um and doesn't really get a
1: backbone i don't think until he fires his assistant coach see and i don't think it's that he doesn't have a backbone I think it's that he doesn't know that the fight is worth fighting, which is a different thing. Not having a backbone is is like saying like he's too afraid to stand up to the community. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he knows it's worth standing up to the community, that it's worth fighting for people until until later on in in the movie right uh he's He's given a reason to fight. Uh, for for coach boone he's given a right i i like so so the the relationship he has that i think is the most interesting is his relationship with pd specifically mm-hmm. so coach pd is the one who's about to leave the team uh coach boone is really hard on pd uh when pd's in offense and uh like sends sends him off because he's he's you know, made some mistakes up there, and Coach Boone requires perfection. And Coach Yost, when he's like, you know what, Petey, come back here and play defense. I can use you here. Part of it is it's true. Petey mm-hmm. will be better at defense. There is this one guy who who his defense cannot keep up with, and Petey will be able to. But he's doing it because he sees Petey about to quit and needs to give him, like, that's that's a heart and soul thing. Right. Then we get to later on, Coach Boone talks to him about this thing. And Yost is like, ah, oh, you know, don't worry to thank me. I just wanted to do something good for Petey. And and Coach Boone is like, You didn't do something good for him. You know, you were kind to a world that's not going to be kind to him. You gave a second chance to a world to him in a world that doesn't give second chances. And later on, when Petey gets discouraged again mm-hmm. and leaves the team uh like in in a moment of crisis he doesn't quit the team but he walks off he storms off uh having uh coach Yost says well like changes his thing thinking on this he's like look you can p- try to play again next year but this year you abandon your team you're going to sit off mm-hmm. but it is core coach coach yoast does believe in second chances and third chances uh when um what's the when the one teammate um Says, listen. If we're gonna win this game, you got to take me off defense. You got to put Petey back in. Mm-hmm. Coach Yost is like, I'm not gonna be the one to give him that second chance. But if Alan, you want right. it, you go do it. Yeah, right. Because ultimately, ultimately, it's about negotiating for him. When should I be hard, and when should I be compassionate? Mm-hmm. Uh, when am I doing what's right for the team? When am I doing what's r- only only what's right for me? Right. And I feel like that plays out in the PD arc uh, throughout this movie. And I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, with Yoast, he's wrestling with, he's bal- There's a lot of balancing, right? Cause he wants to keep his job. This hall of fame thing seems to be important to him. Sure. But when he, when he lets that go, Right. When I think ultimately, when he lets that go, we go from somebody who doesn't care much to somebody who cares a whole lot about the right things.
1: So, and also, when he realizes yeah. his limitations, when Cheryl yeah. says to him, Coach, uh, there's a time for humility, uh, you're allowed to ask for help. Um, that's that's a big deal. That's <laughs> a, a, a big, big deal, deal, Also, too. Although, yeah. again, I thought it was going to lead to they're all in, in the in the uh, locker room at halftime, and all of a sudden little girl, not nine-year-old girl's going to come in here with some plays that she's going to tell the players. <laughs> she's like... Glad that? that didn't like, happen. I'm <laughs> so glad it didn't happen because it felt like it in the moment.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I so, kept
1: waiting for them to recognize she's a genius at foot- coaching football.
0: <laughs> uh, Julius Campbell, who's played by Wood Harris, who I absolutely love as an actor. Um, I'm really glad that Julius was resistant to integration and yeah. for very, and for very good reason. Um, I'm, this is, it, it feels like this, I, I guess before I'd, before I'd seen this movie, I realized that in some, cir- I didn't realize that in some circles integration felt as forced upon black people as it did on white people necessarily. And that some people might not be, Okay with that in the black community as well.
1: I think there was. I mean, again, this is this is me speaking to an experience that was my, not my lived experience. But from what I've heard from other people, uh, there there is always there's always a call for uh, the community that's being integrated to just say bygones are bygones, everything's fine mm-hmm. now, so mm-hmm. let's forget the past. Uh, he's not willing to do that. No, nor should he. No, he's like. He's, and, and he's seeing the injustices when when and the injustices are coming from primarily Ray on the team who's not blocking right uh, for his team. He's hoping that Julius will get hurt, that Rev will get hurt, um, and he's he's like this fight this fight isn't over, and mm-hmm. it's not over until you like uh, right now. I'm I'm going to be out for me. If you want me to be part of the team, then you have you have to lead. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: It's such a great call
1: for. He's
0: such a great character to uh, work with, Gary Bertier,
1: who is Ryan Hurst. Yeah, and we learn in the epilogue that they stayed friends up until Gary's death. Yeah, that they were. They were. That was a lifelong friendship for the two. Yeah, of
0: them. yeah. Um, Gary's. I, I think Gary has the biggest arc in this movie. Um. He really goes from somebody who is angry and one of those angry faces you see in that white crowd to someone who, you know, loves Julius and calls him a brother and treats him better than his. I mean, and really tells his mom, like who, you know, is kind of his world. uh, No. Nope. This is. Julius is more important. Yep, he's coming in the house. Yep, this I mean, is happening.
1: They, they added this fictionalized thing where, to the point where when he has to choose between his team and his girlfriend who he has said that he mm-hmm. loves, uh, he chooses his team. Yep. Uh because because she is she is evidencing racist behavior. Um and that's not a road he wants to walk anymore. Right.
0: Um, let's talk about uh Cheryl Yost. Hayden Panettiere, who I think...
1: She's great in this. <laughs> she's <it's laughs> such a great young... As much as I don't like how... She's so great in this that it's a flaw, in a way. Right. Because every time she's in a scene, she takes over the scene. Right. And the movie... like There are several places where I just kept waiting for her to take over the movie and for the movie to be about her. This is a character... Who would be a great protagonist in a fictional film. Mm-hmm. Uh she's she's just so she's such a great scene partner.
0: She is. And she's she, great with she and Denzel Washington together. Amazing. And by the way, by the way, he is such a great actor because he shares, he takes the scene. But he helps the other actor so much. Oh yeah. Like with the way in which he I was really analyzing the way he acts. Um, he brings the other person in and they may not be the strongest of actor, but the way in which he makes their emotional response, he, he cultivates an emotional response in them Agreed. to get to get the scene he wants. He's a genius.
1: I, so I, I, who could argue with that? Who could argue with that? But so good. She's really good in this. She
0: too. is too. And so the scene with the two of them together, when he's like, don't you want to be doing whatever? And she's like, and she is giving to him as good as he is giving to
1: her. It's it's brilliant. She's arguing so with him about football <laughs> tactics. Your left is weak. <laughs> and, and he's like, and, it's not weak. It's And she's <laughs> like, it's totally weak. They're bullying. And like, and. And he's losing this argument. He's like, why don't you go play with some dolls? She goes, I don't want to play about with dolls. I want to talk about football. I don't want to talk about why your left side is weak.
0: Uh, exactly. And I love I love every bit of that scene. It's so great. Oh, so great. Um, let's talk about the players a little bit. Um, we have, anybody stand out to you? There's so many. And we just don't have a lot of time to talk about all of them. But well, we've talked that- about, we've talked about Louis. Um,
1: uh, PD. <sighs> Rev is is great. Um, There's so many great performances. I feel like I would do a disservice singling out anyone. I I will say this. This is a minor criticism. Mm -hmm. They are such good singers, Andy. Why don't they just stop playing football and join Glee Club? (laughs) Why isn't this a Glee prequel? (laughs) Uh, Why why doesn't William Shue... Come there, because Mr. The, Shu, come there and, and get them <laughs> to start singing. They are amazing. Well,
0: okay, so in real life, Larry, these people were in Glee Club. <laughs> were they? In high school. Of course they were. They were in Drama Club in oh, high school. Oh, you're saying school, the actors. And now not- they're all, yes, and now they're all playing football players, which is kind of fun. Um, I just
1: feel like their talents are wasted on the field. They should be on Broadway.
0: Oh, it's so great. So great. I mean, I think... I think that again the diversity within them like Petey is a different character than Rev, than Louie, than Sunshine that if I think if you have an ensemble like this you have to make everybody distinct. My favorite character uh the the one you love to hate is Ray. Because oh. Ray refuses to he he really he plays that
1: so well. He just and it parallels the relationship happening between coach um, and his assistant coach.
0: Absolutely,
1: right. That Absolutely. He, has to, he has to say, "Look, if you're not going to be on the team, you're you're off the team. That's it. You're right. either with us or you're not. Right, right. I want you to be with us, but you're not. Yeah.
0: Uh, one other character I want to talk about is Emma Hoyt, uh, played by Kate Bosworth, who is uh, Gary's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> I think the fact that she heard, I mean, she also parallels what, what's going on in their relationship is
1: what's going on in the town. Um, Yeah. I'm sad that that is a fictional relationship. Uh, uh, I I enjoyed when she went up to Julie, I started tearing up multiple times during this football movie, although never during the, at the actual football parts. Right. But, but when like she said that she was going to try and, and, Gary is in the hospital, but she still goes and to shake Julius's hand and introduce mm-hmm. and introduce herself to him. I was like, I was like, this, this is really, really good. And I realized, you know, there just wasn't enough female parts in this movie. Right. Um, and
0: could have been. <laughs> been, I mean, well, it could have been be- because the cheerleaders, it, you know, in doing a little digging for this, for this, uh, podcast the cheerleaders also had to integrate right and i think that's even more compelling to me because of the idea of what is beauty and mm-hmm. uh is it always blonde haired blue eyed uh is what what constitutes cheerleading is it is it just looking pretty is it a sport i mean there's a whole lot there in addition to the integration
1: could and get a good great parallel movie to what's going on here. Yeah. I yeah. I think you're right. Integration is not just a male issue. Right. Right? Right.
0: Um, so uh let's talk for just a second about protagonist problems in this movie. Because they, they do exist. They and do exist. And I I think um I think the writer knows they
1: exist. I think so too. I I think we're supposed to see a collective protagonist in this movie. Yes. That the entire team is a collective protagonist, and that the mm-hmm. struggles that are going on, it's it's them against the world. Mm-hmm. The hard part is there are so many of them mm-hmm. on this team. Uh, so many people that it can be... I feel like if this was a TV show, maybe this should have been a TV show. There would be time for everybody to get full and equal and developed arcs. but uh the the movie just switches focus throughout it. Gary doesn't even really become a protagonist in my mind until about forty minutes into the movie. um it there's yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of passing the baton. Which I don't think is a football sports metaphor. I think that's track and field. But um
0: <laughs> Well, I mean I think there is do, a lot of- I think we do get a TV show here. Yeah. I think we in Friday Night Lights. I think that is a sure. TV show that um is definitely we see that. And in this I'm think I think because of this idea of this team becoming like having its own arc, right? Where we're coming together and we're facing adversity together. It's so uh it's so interesting that, and again, I'm really glad we just dropped into the middle of this conflict as opposed to you know.
1: Yeah But because there are so many protagonists, there's mm-hmm. a very weak antagonist focus uh mm-hmm. in this movie to the point where they're at the final game and they're fighting the final team. And I don't know these guys. Like I don't I I right. I well, don't know who this other team really is. There are some like sentences said about them, but it's not. It doesn't really feel like a strong rivalry to me. It's just I I could not. They're they're in, they're nameless opponents. Um, the antagonist really isn't any one person in this movie. It is it is a communal activity, communal opponent that I can't put a name and a face on. Um. And I'm not saying that it should be that. But well, in a traditional I, movie structure, we would be able to point to someone and be like, this is our real antagonist here. And it's not I, there.
0: I think the antagonist isn't on the field. I think no. the antagonist are the racist attitudes that these... And, and the racism in this culture. More of a force
1: than a person, yeah, almost. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so you have this... Uh, yeah, and I, I think that's why you don't get really a central antagonist, as a, a specific one. We get sort of this: the teams coming together to face this force, and they're this battling a- this force far more than they are battling the uh, the people or the, the the football
1: on the field. This is a hard movie to write. I'm not saying it's a hard movie to watch, Mm -hmm. but the writing, it's really hard to write a movie without a strong antagonist figure. And so when I'm talking, and without a single protagonist that's more important than all other protagonists, Mm -hmm. this movie pulls it off. And if you need to do that for your story, I think this is a great model of how to do that. I think what we're really pointing out right now isn't really the flaws in the movie so much as it how easily this movie could be flawed. Yes. How easily it could have gone awry. Why you don't wanna use this structure unless you're required to use this structure. Right,
0: right. Because, because the antagonist is very realistic to the point where it took me right back. Some of the words are so jarring some of the words that things that 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 the actors say like it takes me right back to the 70s and 80s and 90s and when i had no choice as a kid but to be sure. surrounded by that kind of hatred uh and i was just i remember thinking this is not okay this is not okay this is not okay but i lived in an all white community with no power as a little girl so what did i have to do about it, right? And I, I yeah. got out of there as quick as I could. But yeah, that kind of... I, I hear it. Um, and that, that kind of hatred and and all of it, like, I'm so glad that the punches aren't pulled. I'm so glad we get to hear how that kind of... how people really, really feel about, about, uh, about their fellow man who they don't even see as a fellow man. It's awful. Yeah. So, it is. the antagonist... I think the antagonist is very real, but it's not just one person, like you said.
1: No, and and that that is a hard thing to write. That is successfully right. written here. I, I mean, that's that's basically uh, it's a compliment, ultimately.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I'm um, just a quick word. The music of this movie is so fun, um, and it's just a great soundtrack. It's just as diverse as the movie. You have Marvin Gaye, you have Leon Russell, you have Buck Owens, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you have. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Charles Wright and the Watts, Steam, War, Ike and Tina Turner, Norman Greenbaum, uh, Cat Stevens, The Hollies. I mean, it's definitely from the period and it's definitely made up of songs reflective of the civil rights movement from that time. So I really
1: like yeah, it. That's it's a really great awesome. feature here, too. Not something I'm qualified to like speak about. Music is a little outside my, but it it was great. It was great it comp- to go out. It
0: complements, uh, oh, the temptations, right? It complements
1: yes. the whole, um, all of it. Yeah, it's
0: great. Love it. All right, okay. Andy. Okay, well, usually we do a pitch, but you have a different idea in mind. I And do. quite honestly, I am surprised at your idea and, and, uh, and surprised and, and, and a, in, a,
1: in, a, in a positive way. <laughs> okay, so we're going to play a game. And what we're going to do, I so I didn't want to do a pitch because I feel like sometimes when we're pitching, we're poking fun at a movie. Right. Uh, I didn't want to play the glad game because I think this is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, what I really wanted, and it's really hard to pitch a movie that's based on his hist- a sequel to something that's based on historical events. Right. Like, it's, it's just, it doesn't lend itself towards it. So what I'd like to do, Andy, is I'd like you and I to make a fantasy football team using Disney characters <laughs> using Disney characters uh animated Disney characters doesn't have to be animated, but it needs to be in like that sort of realm of the traditional Disney movies that we do um if you ask me to assign positions to people, I'm done okay, and I know that okay. and I know that a team can't be uh only five people I okay. I know that I know but I couldn't well okay, I think, so this is a backyard football game five on five. Five, five on five. five you can football. pick awesome. any five characters, but they have to actually like stick to the rules of football. Okay, um, we can't have like Peter Pan flying across the field. He's got. You can pick Peter Pan, but he's he's got to be he's got to be playing with the rules. That's what I think. Okay, and I'm gonna give you first pick. We're gonna each draft five, um, and those will be our teams. And then maybe people at home want to say whose team they think is gonna win. All What's right.
0: First pick, Andy. My first pick is Pacha from Emperor's New Groove.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Okay. All right. Fine. If that's who you're taking, I'm taking Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I, think, <Okay. laughs> I think Tigger just has it. Uh, he, he, will, he will dominate the field. A little bit of a showboat, but I, I think he'll be great.
0: All right, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Stitch. Ooh, because <laughs> he's got a lot of
1: he's 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 pretty versatile. All right, to counter Stitch, I'm I'm putting Donald Duck on the field. Uh, he will inevitably be kicked off before the game is over. But by the way, we but, are picking these as we go. Like we did yes. not talk about this at all. No, we did. Okay. But I think he'll do. I mm-hmm. think he'll do a lot of damage to the other team before mm-hmm. he goes, so it may just even out in the wa- in the wash. Okay, uh, I'm going with Hercules. Oh, that is that. <laughs> so I've got Hercules, I've got Stitch, and I've got Pacha. <laughs> I'm sitting there with Tigger and Donald. All right, I got to get serious. <laughs> I got to get serious. I am. I am then going to take Aladdin. I'm gonna go oh, that's with good. I'm gonna that's go good. with speed and he's got like I, I think yeah. I think he won't get tackled. Uh run from swords for stealing bread have really made him great for this game.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with um uh, Okay. So I'm gonna have to go with Peter Pan.
1: Peter Pan
0: to you... counteract your uh your Aladdin, I think.
1: Okay. Uh, Nimble can impersonate the voices of other people on the field. Maybe call some plays for the other team. Uh, sure, I feel like I want to have at least one Disney villain on my team, but I'm not sure who I who I want that to be. Oh, like it's definitely yeah. not definitely not Scar, who like naps in oh, the sun terrible. all he's day. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna go just based on. Uh, that that I'm gonna go with Shere Khan. Uh, maybe he and Tigger. <laughs> I have a lot of Tiger representation, so I feel oh like we're we're goodness. like air air tigers. Um, but uh, but like yeah, we there we go. Shere Khan and Tigger, meet and uh, yeah, Shere Khan. I'm going Shere Khan.
0: Okay, you're going Shere Khan. Uh, final so pick, Andy. I, I got my final pick. I'm I'm actually. Oh, gosh. I'm actually looking around here. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going with Maui from Moana. You have two <laughs> demigods on your team. <laughs> Dude, I- like you could have picked somebody other than Tigger.
1: <laughs> Come
0: on. <laughs> this is fantasy football. This all right.
1: Like- <laughs> <sighs> My, okay. Okay, I really, I really have to bring it. She's got two. I've got, got, yeah, so I've got, I've got Maui, I've got Peter Pan,
0: I've got Pacha, Stitch, and Hercules. I like the diversity, so I could, like, I I think Hercules and Pacha and Maui, I think Maui and Pacha are going to be great, my defense, but I like uh, Hercules, Stitch, and Peter Pan for my offense.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right, I I need someone really really good for this. Uh, all right, you have two demigods. I'm pulling in another villain. I'm pulling in Chernabog from Fantasia. Night on Bald Mountain plays as Chernabog enters the field. Um, I love it. And I I feel like I maybe Tigger won't get the spotlight now that he wants, but but. You forced my hand. Did I want the prince of evil in this? I did not. I did not. But you, you, you went. You took this too far. <laughs> I mean, look. If I could get Dwayne
0: Johnson on my fantasy football team, absolutely, one hundred percent. John Goodman,
1: you betcha. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. In the spirit of which we're playing, yeah. Chernabug is not the quarterback. Tigger is calling the place. <laughs>
0: Yes, indeed, indeed. Okay, that was really fun. What that movie are we? That was fun. That was great. Great idea. What movie are we tackling next week?
1: Uh, we are tackling Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. Oh, um, Davy
0: Crockett would have been a great. But you said animated. He would have been a great pick for fantasy football for sure.
1: Sure. sure. I mean, I could have picked Air Bud, who has, has a lot of sports equipment. <laughs> but there actually was a rule in the book. Uh, that would not allow me to let let a dog play football. Um, but oh, Davy! Uh, which is curious for me. Not too many sequels occur after the protagonist died in the previous movie, but but <laughs> maybe this begins in a cemetery near the Amal- uh, uh the Alamo, and a hand room comes out of the earth, and we oh see Davy Crockett's not done.
0: I think Davy, this is complete fiction, but it's delicious fun fiction. So I think there was a lot of actually. In real life, there was a lot of fanfic, Davy Crockett kinds of stuff floating around during his time period. So I think some of the story comes from some of that.
1: So All right. looking forward Sounds to it. good.
0: If you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor, friends, and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? And please check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page or drop us a line in our mailbag at onceupon a Disney podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon.
1: See you real soon. Yeah. <laughs>